Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And welcome to the Ashley Webster Experience. Our guest today, well, he's been with us before, and it was so great. We got such great reaction. He's back again. He's giving me the thumbs up. Anthony Scaramucci, financier, entrepreneur, one-time White House Director of Communications uh, for... You can, you can mention the firing. It's all that's a, No, no, no. We mentioned it before. 11 days. Okay. 11 days. 11 days. Yeah, it's good. But Great my experience. God, do you know that was two years ago Yeah, so now, today Anthony? would have been my first day out of the White House. I was fired on July 31st. Yeah. So oh, this yeah. would be my first day of freedom. So this is almost like a... Happy anniversary. Yeah, it's almost like a Nelson Mandela day, actually, in some <laughs> respects. But it's fine. It's all good. You know, yeah. I was. There was an article done on you just recently, the Washington Post magazine. Yes, and it was very well written, by the way, and I really enjoyed it. And it, uh, you said this is tw- two years after quote I got my ass lit up in the White House. Yeah, um, is that bad? Because that's no, what because that's the way you described it. But yeah. let's in the two years since that point. Yeah. You've been everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like I told Trump, I said, you know, you made me as famous as Melania and Ivanka. I didn't have to sleep with you or be your daughter. So I feel like, you know, I owe the <laughs> guy, go. you know. If Trump wasn't in the White House knowing his personality, he'd be like, you owe me 10% of all your future earnings. You know what I mean? So, but listen, I mean, I was here. I was a Fox business host. Yeah. I was yes. hosting Wall Street Week. I had a very nice career. I did a lot of television before I arrived on that scene yeah. in Washington. But uh it definitely smacked me around and sent me on a different trajectory in some ways worse, and but most ways, I would say 90% of the ways better. And what's interesting about this article that was done on you, it says, look, after a moment like that, some people may just want to crawl off into the shadows and never be seen again. You're the complete opposite. And and I, I, I made a note of this. It says, how did you do that? Was it pure persistence, pure ego, or a complete absence of shame? Which one? Well, I, I would say... Well, I felt humiliated when I got fired. So there's definitely yeah. sh- there's a shame gene in there somewhere. But I would say it's probably more persistence. And I say secondarily, a little bit of defiance. You know, it's like the William Wallace of Braveheart. It's sort of like, hey, you know, you're not going to build a shame box for me and stick me in there and put a dunce cap on my head and make me go away. That's not going to happen. And then also, and we, we talked about this on the last podcast, they two-dimensionalize you. They try to... Yeah disfigure you as a human being and they try to flatten you out. And so unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, Italian stereotypes are still very acceptable in our culture. So I was a human pinky ring. I was Tony Soprano on the Potomac. I was uh, Paulie from the, the situation. You could last mother. But I'm just saying like, you know, Seth Myers called me a uh, human pinky ring. I think it's funny. I have yeah. no problem. Yeah. I'm a first amendment guy, but if I'm African-American, is he calling me a human piece of fried chicken? No. There's no mm-hmm. chance. So to me, it's a defiance thing more than anything else. So I definitely felt humiliated when I got fired. But the great thing uh, about you, but, Anthony. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Here's a learning. Go ahead, Ash. No, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I think the thing that's missing here is your personality. You have a great self-deprecating personality. Oh, yeah. You're friendly. You treat people with respect, and they kind of are drawn to you. 
grandmother was a maid. Okay, when I'm in a hotel room, you can ask my wife this. She said, "What are you doing? I'm putting twenties on a on a table." The, the 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 person cleaning this room, maybe somebody's grandmother, maybe it's somebody's grandfather, maybe it's a mom that's raising her kids on her mm-hmm. own. I mean, I grew up in a family of blue collar workers, and I grew up Catholic, and we got taught very young that we're no better, we're also no worse, but we're no better than anybody else, and so mm-hmm. work hard. Uh, my parents are still alive, thank God, but they believe in the American dream. And so they were like, you got to go to school, do the right thing, pay your taxes, get a big profession. You know, for me, I'm a risk taker, so I built my own business, a couple mm-hmm. of my own businesses. And then obviously I took the ultimate risk to go work for the president. But I was, as I mentioned on your last podcast, I didn't understand the Washington environment, but I now have an 11-day PhD in Washington scumbaggery. Okay, I can... Tell you the moves now. I can tell you how they use subterfuge and backstabbing. And, you know, if they if the if the president says something that they're horrified by, they won't even say anything because a bunch of babies and cowards. Okay, Mm. if he says something that they really dislike, this sort of thing. And they've destroyed the country because they've racked up twenty two trillion dollars of debt. They can't get any infrastructure done. No education policy, no industrial policy. We're pea shooting with the Chinese right now. We're going to raise tariffs on them potentially. Right. But they get a 25, 50, and 100 year plan. They're laughing at us. They are laughing at us. Trust me, the president's right about that. They've got a big plan, and we have no plan. But, for, you know, you're a. So to me, I'm the fine so- guy. If, I got a, if I've got a soapbox to stand on, right. I would like the American people to know what's really going on so that they can hopefully wake up and get home from the work and vote for people that want to serve the country as opposed to rule the country. Now, you're a supporter of Donald Trump, but back in the day before the 2016 election, you were first with Scott Walker, and then you were with Jeb Bush, and then you finally found your way to Donald Trump. Um, Is he doing a good job, in your opinion? I think he's done a miraculous job in so many ways. He's created, if you look at the economic growth and you look at the economic activity in the United States relative to the rest of the world, he's literally created an economic miracle. The other thing he's done is by cutting the slack in the labor market, tightening it, he reduced illegal immigration at the border by 85%. That had the effect of decreasing the supply in the lower 10% of the wage earners in the United States. So that's miraculously helped all those people. You've seen a 5.4% wage increase. Yeah. He's done so many things right. He's put in a hundred or so, possibly a little more federal judges, two Supreme Court judges. He's delayered the administrative state. If you really understand the sclerosis in the system, the hardening of the arteries of the American commercial activity as a result of bureaucracy and regulation, President intuitively knows that he's delayered that. He's done so many things right. I think the issue the president has, Trump supporters don't like me saying this, but I am a Trump supporter. It's not what he's doing, Ash. It's how he's doing it. Okay, so so it's a style issue more than it's anything else. So, you know, when you're talking about Mika's facelift and the blood dripping on the floor in Mar-a-Lago, you know, it's like horrifying to a lot of people. Well, if you're calling Rex Tillerson dumb as a rock, he's done it twice. It's uh, bullying. If you're calling Don Lemon the stupidest person on television, you know, I I don't agree with it because what's happening is there's a suburban woman White or black, doesn't matter. Mm. She's trying to teach her kid about anti-bullying. Mm. She's got the commander-in-chief lighting people up on Twitter, and uh, he thinks it's necessary. He thinks that's what he needs to do to rewin the presidency. His attitude is, hey, listen, I'm going to act unpresidential 
so I can be president. You know, he, he would say to you, if I didn't act unpresidential last time or mm-hmm. lack presidentiality, whatever it is, I couldn't have been president. Well, that goes to does the... I think it's a problem now because he is president. That's yeah. my, my opinion. But if he's still getting the work done and, very, and things that people are liking, people mm-hmm. are supporting. So does the means justify the ends or does the ends justify the means? You know, there's, that's, there's that's a balance, the debate, right? No, I mean, there's a test. There could come a moment where how he's doing things stylistically is hurting so many institutions and is hurting the form, it could affect the substance because you have to understand this is a belief system, America. Uh, this is not a cultural lineage. This is not a bloodline. This is not a ethnic identity group. This is a belief system. This is a literal miracle on planet Earth. This is what Lincoln called the last best hope for mankind because the ideals and the tenets and the foundation, even though it was... Mm originated in sin, the sin of slavery, it has cleansed that sin, and it is working towards real social progress and and real equality. And so when you're dropping Molotov cocktails as the most powerful person in the world and the leader of the free world, you have to say, okay, time out a second, the mantle of leadership of the presidency requires you not to do some of those things. But but, but no, he'll win. He'll win. Listen, the question is, is he going to win? He's 100% going to win one way or the other. But do you want him to win and the whole thing is charged and tense and we're ready to kill each other? Or do you want to focus on the first name of the country, which is United? The first name of the country is United, and he's the leader of the free but world. But do you think that can that can happen, a totally. non-politically charged or, or, or angered election? Because it just seems like – I mean, watching those debates, we've had two debates now. There's just so much – all the all the kids just go at him no matter what, you know? Even, even the I'm moderators. Not, I'm not I'm – not, I'm not, I'm not suggesting he's not going to have a combative election, okay? Mm-hmm. We're, we've had combative elections since the first one, you know? Yeah. I mean, Thomas Jefferson called John Adams a hermaphrodite. He said he was a woman. <laughs> yeah. He had a woman's body and a man's head on top of a woman's body. I mean, that would have been great on Twitter, actually, you know? <laughs> have gotten that in and <laughs> 200 memes. Yeah. yeah, that would have been great. Give, give him the, the uh, and, and so, so there's mudslinging and there's verbal <laughs> yeah. attacks. There's ad hominem attacks. I get all that. We've been doing that from day one. But there's symbolism to the presidency. There's a uniqueness to the presidency. There's a transcendental moment that he could have. And uh, I know him personally. He's a very likable, very gregarious person. He's also a very well-intentioned person. All these people that have all these nonsensical Mm -hmm. things they say about him. I mean, some guy was telling me that he's impetuous and this type of thing. He's not, actually. I've seen him in really deliberative situations. And they reported it last week, which Mm. I was surprised. He dropped a Moab, the mother of all bombs. Yep. They came to him. They wanted to drop another one. He said no, and he, he admitted that last week. That's him. Mm. You know that. Uh, wait a minute. I'm going to kill 150 mm-hmm. Iranians. Okay, they yeah. shot down a drone. We're mad at them. They're mad at us. I would like to see that regime gone, but I'm not going to kill innocent people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's him. You see what I mean? And so what I would like is he gave two ma- amazing speeches in the last six months. Go look at the transcripts. Mm-hmm. State of the Union address, amazing yeah. speech. Uh, believe it or not, I, everyone saw the State of the Union. The 4th of July speech? I was there. Yeah. Okay, that was an yeah. amazing speech. Am I wrong? Oh, yeah. oh, great. Okay, go look at the transcript or look yeah. it up on YouTube. That's the guy that I love. But okay, Anthony, that's, that's he the guy. never gets credit for any of this. He doesn't get credit for how strong this economy is. All he is, to those that oppose him, he's a racist yeah. that's trying to yeah, so ruin this country. So don't, so don't feed that then. There's no reason to feed that. I mean, so, so you see, to me— Oh, his tweets are racist. Everything he says is racist. Well, the tweet, well, he attacks, well, he attacks the, the city of Baltimore. So, so in my, well, the city of Baltimore stuff is not over the line. 
But in my opinion, and a lot of Trump supporters are mad at me, and he's probably mad at me, but I don't care. When you're telling people to go back to the country they came from, that is over the line because they told my grandmother that. My grandmother produced three children. One was my mom. Two were in the Army. One was in the Normandy invasion, Mm. uh, Purple Heart, and and survived it, thank God. And one was in the Ardennes fighting the Battle of the Bulge. So. You want you want my grandmother to go back from where she came from? It's it's something as mm-hmm. the leader of the free world and of the United States of America you shouldn't be saying as a president. But so, he did it because he was I understand what you're saying and I mm-hmm. agree. I mean, however, it was based on the fact of the rhetoric coming from these the so called squad that make that. this make this yeah. country go back and appear fix so it. horrible. And then tell us how we can fix our problems. But, but right. they, what, what were they going to go back to? The Royal American citizens. You're going to send the one woman back to Africa? Mm-hmm. To Somalia? Come yeah. on. No. Come on. I mean, look, you guys, you guys can disagree. Let me tell you something. You know, Sean's mad at me. That would be Sean Hannity. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you the number of people that are mad at me. There's a very large group of Republicans that are like, thank God somebody said something. That they're not mad at me at all. They're like, Jesus, I don't have the courage to say it, but I'm glad you did. You said, But let me just say this. Mm -hmm. He could say they're racist. He could say they're anti-Semitic. He could support evidence Mm -hmm. of their dialogue and rhetoric. He could say they're very bad for America. He could say their policies are un-American. He could say, let's beat them at the ballot box. Let's defeat them in a debate in the free marketplace of intellectual ideas. So I want to beat them in the marketplace of intellectual but, ideas. But is calling, I don't want them to go back to where they came from. But is calling Baltimore rat-infested, crime-ridden? Oh, that's different. That's not, but that's racist. That's what the, that's you, the critics. Okay, so I, so, so maybe, is that racist? I'm not the official scorer of racism, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, that is not racist to me. And He's pointing point, something out. Because, because if there's a black mayor or a white mayor, Bill de Blasio is a human disaster. Okay, mm-hmm. If you went to the Nike store, you know how you build a shoe at the Nike store? Yeah. You said, okay, I want to build the worst mayor ever. Okay, I want him to be an unmitigated disaster, and you're pressing buttons on the computer to get literally the worst <laughs> human being that could be the mayor of the city of New York. You Nike'd up Bill de Blasio. Okay, He's a white guy. Yeah. He has created an unmitigated disaster, and he has slouched the... Living standards and the quality of oh, life in New York it's horrible. dramatically down. Okay, so he's a disaster. So am I racist because I'm calling out a white guy uh, that he's no. created a disaster? So uh, is it an African-American woman, I think, who's the mayor of Baltimore? Yes. I'm not even sure. But what's going well, on in Baltimore— it's the battle with Elijah Cummings. Okay, but, okay, but, okay, but the, what's going on in Baltimore yeah. is a disaster. Yes. It's not a color thing. No. Mm-hmm. It's a colorblind, objective disaster. By the way, I would say it is an ideology thing. Mm-hmm. Left-leaning inner cities. You've had a 60-year run. One of the best lines the president's ever uttered. What do you got to lose? Okay, I mean, vote for me. What do you guys have to lose? What's going on in these cities is an unmitigated, unfair disaster. How many children do you have? I have four. Okay, how many do you have? None. Zero. I have five. There's nine between the three of us. We have nine children. Three each. Would you want your children... Would you want? Taking? Well, you may take a couple of mine. You don't, you don't even have to give me players to be named later. I, feel, I don't want to say who, who, but I may, I may give you a few of mine. But, but you want to, you want to, you want to put your kids in the inner city school system no. in no. New York City or the inner city school system in Baltimore. No. Yeah. Want to do that to your kids? No. So imagine a mom, black or white, mm. living there, trying to make ends meet. Do they want to put their kids there? No. So when Bill De Blasio is saying the charter schools suck and all this stuff. You're a disaster. What yeah. you should be saying is, yes, the charter schools are an element of success. Everyone's running with a lottery ticket to try to get into them. Mm-hmm. And we need to reform the public school system. 
and we need to make the public school system better. Mm-hmm. And we need to hold people accountable for their jobs and the services that they're providing. Here's the problem with elected leadership now, mostly on the left. Mm. The tax is, in my mind, because I'm a libertarian, the tax is a price for services. Okay, right. so you're the mayor, Ashley. Yep. Here's the tax. Go clean the street. Go pick up the garbage. Yeah, where is that go money get, going? Where, where's it going? Yeah. Hey, dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got $92 billion in the city, over $200 billion. Yeah. Okay, so let's just do the math for all of our listeners. Okay. $290 billion for the city and state of New York. There's a $4 trillion federal budget. 7% of the entire federal budget on a local level being spent here in New York. Hey, guys. Where's the money? Where, where's okay. it go? What's it Where are the services? For? What are you guys doing? And then the mayor, his wife misplaced, I don't know, $100 million, uh, what the yes. number was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, okay, but you know what? We have a one-party system. So what does President Xi of China know about a one-party system? It's mm. invariably corrupt. Yeah. So the first thing he does in 2012 is he goes with an anti-corruption campaign. Because when you have a one-party system like you do in New York, you have corruption. They can define the corruption and legalize the corruption in a one-party system. So with no checks and balances, you have unbelievable, Mm -hmm. unmitigated destruction. Is that racist? No, that's observational. It's fact. And that's objective. But don't tell the people to go back to where they belong or go back to where they came from because you're the leader of the free world. And by the way, he knows better than that. He's a better guy than that. But you know him. Don't do that. You know him. Is he racist or not, or are those just 100% comments? not racist. No, no. I, just I comments sound I said to Bob Casa, the Washington Post, his friends, he probably doesn't like me right now, but I consider him a friend, and I've known him a long mm. time. His friends know unequivocally that he is not racist. However, those tweets, in mm-hmm. my opinion, and I'm entitled to my opinion, mm-hmm. free country still, are racist definitionally. Those are racist tropes that have been said for two centuries to different ethnic groups, including specifically my grandparents. Those are racist tropes. You're the president of the United States. Don't say that. That's all. Well, and, and if you don't like me for that, or now what I don't like about the current situation, you have a 100-0 litmus test on the president. If you don't agree with 110% of what he says, you're uh, out out, mm-hmm. out of the circle now. Right. All in or nothing. You're, you've been That's banished, like in The Handmaid's Tale. You're over in the colonies. You know, yeah. you're 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 collecting well, like go- garbage or some. <laughs> to me, are you allowed to say bad words? Probably not. You can bleep it out. You can bleep that out. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but <laughs> that's part yeah. of my. That's also part of my brand. But but here, here's the thing, like, you know, to me, you're doing an amazing job. Yeah. You, I mean, literally. You're transforming the political economy. You're transforming the society. You're changing the game for half of the country that has felt left out for almost a half a century. So why don't we dial back a tiny bit? I get you're in battle. But does he have the personality that allows him to dial back? Well, let me tell you about this guy, okay? This is my opinion, okay? Nobody likes winning more than this guy. Nobody. Okay, I said that in my one and only press conference. I, and this guy knows how to. <laughs> this guy knows how to hit a putt. This guy's not a choke artist. He's going to win a resounding reelection. But my thing is, if he dials that back, he's going to be a transformative second-term president, mm. unifying the country. If he dials that up, it's going to create a level of contention that I don't think any of us want. So that's my mm. opinion. Now, people that love Trump and they love every syllable that comes out of his mouth, they're going to be mad at me for that. But let me tell you something. I raised money for him. I donated money to him. 
I campaigned for him all through the state of Pennsylvania. Mm. I did hundreds of hours of media surrogacy for him. I got fired like an Austin Powers villain, shot out of a cannon into a fire pit. When I got out of the fire pit, you remember Will Farrell said, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still alive. I'm just badly burned. Okay, that was me when I got fired. I dusted myself off, and I went back and advocated for him on television, podcasts, yeah. Yeah. wrote a book about him. It was yeah. a bestseller about why he captured the imagination of blue-collar people. So you can't say that I'm not a loyal guy, but I'm also an honest guy. I got to call that ball and strike. I'm not going to negate my personal history, my personal integrity, and say something isn't something. I'm not going to twist myself into an anti Ann pretzel. I'm watching some of these poor people in Washington. Their next job is going to be like owning an anti Ann pretzel franchise in your local shopping mall. <laughs> what are they going to do after this? Because they're they're lying. They know in their hearts that what he's saying is a racist trope for 200 years. Don't say it. And by the way, knowing him, if he had 10, 15, 20 public leaders yeah. say that publicly, mm-hmm. he'd say, hmm, this is okay. These people have a set of K-Owns. They're telling me the truth. Maybe I would dial it back. Maybe. He's got to come up with the conclusion himself. But right? you're, No one else is going to move him on it. But you're, you're a money guy. You made your career in— Racism's bad for business, just so you know. Very bad. By the way, when, the, when the Charlottesville thing happened, whether you thought it was racist or not— uh, all the guys on that business council, I won't name them, but they all were running for the woods. Okay, racism is bad. Mm-hmm. I for remember. Business. Yeah. And, and remember, remember what Calvin Coolidge said the business of America is business. Racism is bad for business. We should not even be having a debate about whether or not the American president is racist. My personal opinion, and I know him a long time, absolutely not racist. Therefore, don't say that. Let's mm-hmm. move on and talk mm-hmm. about the economy and the greatness of it, the peace deal that you're going to get with the North Koreans, the tidying up of 45 years of trade imbalances that no other political leader in the United States was willing to take on. Right. You took it on. The growth in wages, the dynamo, the, the economic miracle that you created. And, oh, by the way, in my next term, I'm going to unite the country, and I'm going to focus on cleaning up the water, and I'm going to focus up on the inner cities and helping these children mm. get out of poverty. Then, he, then, he, then you you're going to chisel his face into Mount Rushmore. You bring up the economy— if you watch the debates and his critics say, the Democrats say, the economy isn't working for everyone. It doesn't help people. It only helps the 1%. It right. helps the other billionaires, the other Donald Trumps. You're a finance guy. You are a money guy. Mm-hmm. Is that true or no? It's totally not true. But what is happening, and this is the forces of globalism, because things are so well, you remember what the Bible said, the poor will always be among us, but the rich will also always be among us. And so mm-hmm. when the economy is doing very well, Guess who does very well? The top 1% or 2% of the economy. If you own assets and they're dropping rates, we know in this room rates are the physical gravity of financial assets. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, poorer people, people that have less wealth, they own less assets. So what's happening and what has happened for 35 years, the interest rates dropped, globalization led to excess factory capacity, excess labor, wages came down for labor, but asset prices went up as interest rates were going down. That created wealth disparity. Yep. If you analyze the economy like I do, 31 years as a trained economist, running $12 billion of capital, what you, what you find is when you have an economic rent distribution of 50-50 between capital and labor, you have harmony in the society. The social contract is in, intensely intact. When it shifts and it's imbalanced, then you have this sort of discontent and you have this sort of rancor and this and this decry 
of populism. So, so where is it right now? It's about 60-40. 60-40. It's 56-44 in Europe. That's pretty big in Europe mm-hmm. because there's more socialism there. Mm-hmm. But it's 60-40. So I would say to the business leaders with Teddy Roosevelt, a, a mm. Republican, yeah. and the father of progressivism, mm-hmm. I would say what he would say, hey, guys, come on. Let's use the free market. Cut it out. Let's get it back to 50-50. By the way, remember, capital is owned by 3% of the people. Labor is the other 97%. You 3% are getting 50. The yeah. 97% are getting 50. And then we got to get some of those 97 over into your ledger, like what happened to me, me personally. Everybody calm down and let's do it through market forces. Otherwise, if you don't do it through market forces, what's going to happen is an Ocasio-Cortez, right. a Bernie Sanders, a lunatic, you know, somebody that looked like Justin Trudeau and talked with, you know, like the ideology of a Bernie Sanders in a desperate society, could win an election in the United States, and then you will slouch the country towards socialism. You don't and want that, that, Anthony. Is why you don't want that. Why when Trust you me. get up as a campaign and say free health care for all, education for all, it's all it's free. Power. That's a power it's trip, a, and it's a very powerful message. No, no question, and especially to the young people who say, no yeah. That sounds really good. We just have a small minority of rich people, and we're all down here struggling. That is a powerful message. My, my massage therapist, if she listens to your podcast, is going to be very mad at me. So mm-hmm. I have a massage therapist. I have a bad back. Mm. She comes to visit me. She's a Bernie Sanders, tie-dyed, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> dyed-in-the-wool, lunatic yep. socialist. It was the uh, the weekend. It was a holiday weekend. She walks in. She, I'm super excited. I've got 16 massages over the next three days, mm. and I'm going to make X. I looked at her. I said, oh, I said, because there's a massage service down the block. She's only doing one massage this weekend. She wants half of what you're making from the 16. Are you cool with that? That's socialism. That's right? it. Got to that's share, right. got to share it, man. Oh, no, that's only for the rich people. Take it from me mm-hmm. and give it to her, but not you, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Meantime, you're driving around in your car. You're spending the gas. You've cultivated the clients. You've built up your reputation. You're getting the 16 massages done, and it's your hands working it. But you got to give half of it now to the person that's only doing one massage. Mm-hmm. You see what's going on? Yeah. Like when you explain did, it to him, did like she get the point? She just wanted to kick me in the nuts. I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 I should have told her that after. Yeah. I mean, my neck. I think she dislocated a disc after I told her that. But I probably should have told her that after the massage was over. But the point I'm making is, it's raw economics. And at the end of the day, you need people on our team to describe it to the people the way I'm describing it. And they say, well, wait, 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 not me. Okay, well, exactly. That's what you want. What you want is an incentive-based free market society that is regulated because greed always overcomes wisdom. We know that. We have to have Wall Street regulated and certain things held in check. You don't want it over-regulated where you're killing the animal spirits and growth and innovation in society, but you need it checked so that everyone knows there's a referee on the field. But you got to create market-based incentives to get a kid like me motivated to dig himself out of the hole that I was in when I graduated from college. If you do that, everybody's happy. And what I love about Trump is that Trump understands economic aspiration. Trump actually gets my father, okay? And my family loves the guy. They, the clamors of my family, the autoglass guys, the deli guys of my family, they're mm-hmm. all voting Trump because they understand. He gets that. He wants those blue-collar people to have economic aspiration for their children. When I go back to the neighborhoods that I'm from, or I traveled with the president in 2016, we went from economic aspiration for those people, that was my family, to economic desperation for those people. Mm. You see that? Mm-hmm. And so now those people are like, wait, I, my, 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 my son's not going to be better off than me. 
My daughter's going to be worse off. Let me vote free stuff. I got to vote the free stuff. Right, right. You know, uh, you know what? You know, in the exit interview or the last call of the Romney donors, 2012, which was a week after the election, uh, Governor Romney said, "You know, we we looked at all the exit polling data, and in areas of the country where we really needed people, they said they were voting for the Obamacare. They were voting mm-hmm. that they needed the health care." And they needed an affordable way to get the health care. Mm-hmm. They had young children. They were worried about this. They were worried about their yeah. job, worried about the job mobility. And so his concluding remarks in 2012, well, you know, follow the money. At the end of the day, what I love about the president is that he is sending a message to those people. You don't have to choose the security of the Bernie Sanders free stuff. Mm-hmm. Take the ride with me to economic prosperity for yourself and your family. That's America. Well, Bernie's always That's so, America. so hot on all of these things. He never explains how we pay. But he no, was no, asked, no, and he so. avoided the answer. Yeah, what well, about him with the $15 an hour? It was great. <laughs> no, so yeah. wait a minute. My people got to get paid $15? No, no, no. We're not doing that. Well, well, you're Amazon gonna embar- has to, not me. You're going to embarrass <laughs> right. yourself then. Okay, well, then cut their hours back because I'm not paying them $15 an hour. So everybody's getting $15 an hour now, but their hours got to cut 20%. It's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy, but it there's also the, a lesson in what happens when you force small businesses to pay a wage that they cannot well, afford you wiped to support. Out, you wiped out Ninth Avenue, so all of those little right. dive bars oh, yeah. that made uh, Hell's Kitchen great over the last thirty years. I lived over there. They're gone. They're gone. They gone. can't. They can't. They can't mm-hmm. afford. So, so yes, we're fighting for the wages, but there's going to be fifteen dollars an hour, but it's going to be for less people now. The Hunt and Fish Club. So, if you don't mind the self promotion for my restaurant, it's okay. You've been there. It was a good I, place. It was fabulous. Right, the food's great. But I can pay. We can pay it because we have a high ticket on the top end. Yep. The, the the dishwasher is now getting fifteen. That means the sous chef has to get more, and mm-hmm. the other chef has to get this. And it, it, so it it moves the entire pricing umbrella up right. in a small business. You see, you see what I'm saying? Well, so, was, so to me, was, let's focus on the good stuff. Let's yes. Let's focus on the right policy. What was the economic disparity? Thank God he won. By the way, yeah. What was the economic <laughs> disparity five years ago under President Obama? You said sixty forty now. Is it better or worse? I'd have to look at it. I don't want to. I don't want to just yeah. cuff it. Mm. But my guess is it was probably similar, and it's probably now closing a little because mm-hmm. of President Trump. But I, I'd have to really look mm-hmm. at it because you have all the data: lowest unemployment for African Americans, mm-hmm. lowest unemployment for women. I mean, you yeah. have all these and the wage these increase to the bottom ten percent. So you, I can only feel um, like it's disposable income better. is up, but, confidence but, is up. Mm-hmm. Um, he has. Whatever you think of the guy, okay, he has incredible intuition, an incredible touch on the economy, on the markets. I don't know if it's okay to bring up the Fed. Uh, The president saw, before the Fed saw, that there was a phenomenon being born from technological innovation, that you could actually create Mm. 2.7 million jobs last year, grow the economy at roughly 3%. And you would have scant 1.6% inflation. Which is okay, remarkable. So you couldn't get mm-hmm. the numbers. So what, what, right. what we've learned, not to bore everybody, is that there's something called the Phillips curve. It's the relationship between unemployment and inflation. Mm. And what we learned is it's actually longer and flatter than the economists thought. Meaning with that level of growth and that level of job activity and that level of wage increase, mm. You should have seen more inflation. Mm-hmm. But what's happening is prices are falling for semiconductors. Prices are falling for flat screens. They're falling for other things mm-hmm. due to improvements in manufacturing, improvements of inventory Bringing delivery. Yeah. And so even though the wages are going up, other costs are going down. There's a technological innovative brilliance to all that. The rates were raised too quickly. 
they they cut it twenty five. Yep. I I didn't lo- I was in love with Jerome Powell's comments yesterday. He should have said, "Look, we probably got another twenty five, possibly fifty to go." Yeah, he tried to shut that down. But mm-hmm. but I think he did that because here's what happens. Trust me, guys. And I said this on our last podcast mm. together. You put your ego into something, you start making very bad decisions. Mm. My ego was into killing Reince Priebus and Steve Bannon. After the number they did on me, I well, was like, those okay, were the two men. Yeah, I'm going to go fought against you being hired. Yeah, yeah, by the president. Very, they were very bad guys. They were liars and leakers. Okay, and they were very, very bad guys, and they were actually undermining the president. So when he told me to go take them out, I got a little overzealous, and I didn't use the right judgment. And I've said this to both of you guys: mm. when emotions go high and ego goes high, intelligence goes low. Jerome Powell yesterday, he'd be mad at me for saying this. But I'm going to say mm. it. When he, when I'm listening to his remarks, his ego's in it now. Mm. The, the the president's hitting him, okay, on Twitter. He's got a sore yep. feeling about that, yeah. and so his ego's in it now. But if you look at the data, there's probably another 25 or 50 to go. And oh, by the way, he's got to move in the next two times because right. he's not going to move in 2020. Yeah, because you can't be involved in the election the way Alan Greenspan was in the Bush Clinton Ross Perot election. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so to me. Get your ego out of it. Let's look at it for what it is, but also with the president. Calm right. down. Calm down. You're, you're the leader of the free world. You're doing a great job. And talking Calm of the leader down. of the free world, Anthony. <laughs> I mean, is that not a good message? <laughs> of course. Calm down. Do you, do you still speak with the president? So I haven't talked to him recently. And so my guess is he probably wouldn't take my call right now. That was my next sure. question. No, he probably wouldn't take my call right now. But he'll get over it. And we're friends. I mean, look, I mean, look. Let me tell you something. You've known him when for you, a while. When you say nice things about him on TV, he's very happy. Okay, trust me. Okay, <laughs> well, He's probably mad at me because I said I don't like it. I don't, I don't like directionally where that is. That's not the better part of your personality. It's your opinion. That's my opinion. I'm going to share it. But here's the other thing. I have a business. I'm running a business. Right. Okay, I have Democrats that are investors. I have Democrats that are my employees. I'm running a business. I've got to call balls and strikes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I support the president. I'm in the tank for the president. want him to win re-election. I can't look at that and say, oh, yeah, no, no. Let me twist myself into an anti and pretzel and tell you how great that was. I'm just not capable of doing that. And by the way, if you know he doesn't want to return my call because that, that's fine. But let me tell you something. He would be better served if he had more people that would be open and honest with him because what you don't want, he's got a big personality He's an intimidating guy. Mm. You know, all these little Frady cats are afraid they're going to get tweeted at or, God forbid, I say something, I'm going to get primaried and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Relax. Do the right thing. Mm. You know, this is my opinion. This, you know, you guys may disagree with me. That's fine. Mm. Me and Sean have argued about it. It's fine. Me and Rudy have argued about it. But I, I, I feel strongly about it. Would you campaign for him in this next election? 100%. All right. well, I think, you know, I, I do already. I mean, I'm on television. Mm. Yeah. People ask me about him. I love the guy. I've... I, I, I said, okay, the tweets notwithstanding, I stand out there and I defend almost every single thing that he's doing and why and how he's doing it. You even Have go I on not? CNN. I, I go in enemy territory. It's like being a Yankee <laughs> in Fenway Park. But you know, you <laughs> you know, know what Chris I mean? Cuomo for a while, right? Yeah, I know Chris a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you know, so he's not as hard on you. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> hard on me, but I'm hard on him. See, he's, he's worried. See, Chris has figured out, like, a lot of these guys, they two-dimensionalize you and they're like, okay, yeah. I can mm-hmm. take the guy. But then Chris is like, wait a minute, he might be more, he might be reading a little more than me. He may know a little more. Mm-hmm. He's always a little more defensive. 
He's not going to. He would be so pissed right now, but he's not going to listen to your podcast. But he'd be like, "I'll take you out." He'll Come on, me Chris on Cuomo, listen to it. He'll 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 invite me on and try to steamroll me. Yeah. You know what I mean? He would you with the hat. He always puts me out. I mean, he's got me outside the other night. It's raining. Is it because he's got hair jealousy? You know. And let me tell you, just, how hair jealousy works. I'm jealous of Ashley's hair, uh-huh. which is look, totally so. Look at this thing. I'm this thing I'm looks like you could tug. It, frankly, this thing looks like you could tug a boat. You know what I mean? <laughs> I said I mean, it hasn't you, changed since I met him. If you and I got it, him drunk tonight and we shaved it, it would grow back like a chia pet in like two days. It's like a Welsh chia pet on the top of his head. I'm right? going to donate it to science then, when I move on from this life. <laughs> but then the flip side is that like Chris Cuomo is like jealous of my hair. You know what I mean? So it's like domino hair jealousy. Just don't be hating. We're already out of time. We're okay. going to have to leave it on my hair, which I think is appropriate. I, I think Anthony so too. Scaramucci, you're always so wonderful. You're a great guest. Oh, I love being here. I and appreciate you guys having me. We'll hope to have I feel you like a Yankee in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> it's not like MSNBC or CNN. No. And that's it for the Ashley Webster Experience. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you back here next time. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.